like you know if it doesn't go to plan well try to figure out what went wrong and and then try to fix it for the next time but ultimately the flame that sparks that why comes from within that it's all about consistency it is about turning up you know week after week and month after month and things things don't happen overnight yeah i mean i, I think i'm always yeah looking for that challenge looking for that that adventure looking to see what i'm capable of hi welcome to the pylon ultra pod we are delighted to introduce series two of the podcast our journey started back in april this year as the world went into lockdown some of those episodes then became about how we could react to those specific challenges, training without racing and how to stay adaptable and optimistic when we had to surrender control. So we finished series one with our first guest, Kaz Williams, to try to relook at some of the most challenging parts of our discussions. And it was great to get a view from other people on the things that are most important to us as athletes, coaches and people with a thirst for personal growth. We are delighted, therefore, to have been presented with an opportunity for Series 2. This came about after a few discussions with a racing sponsor I've worked with for the last few years. It's a brand that has supported me from Western States to the Barclay Marathons with some of the best technical performance running clothing for road and trail. Compre Sport will be supporting the series of the podcast, which is fantastic as it will also give us access to some great minds so that we can go deeper into what drives us as endurance athletes. We have a great episode coming up with the one and only Mike Wardian, American ultra running record maker and breaker on track, road, trail, mountain and treadmill. The guy never stops racing or pushing his limits and almost always does it with a smile on his face. We'll also be speaking to some other Sport athletes outside of the ultra running scene. We have a future episode with a legend in the world of triathlon, so we're really excited about what we can all learn from that. So listen up, here is the first episode of Series 2 of the Pylon Ultra Pod. Hi James, we're back to kick off series two and now we have the chance to build on all the learnings from the first series and also thanks to CompreSport we have the chance to talk to some really interesting people and to dig deeper into the minds of athletes truly living their own ultra lives. Are you looking forward to this? I sure am, I'm quite excited by our first guest. Yeah, I think we're both delighted to welcome Mike Wardian to the show. He's joining us from Washington, East Coast, so it's probably around midday for you, Mike. Mike, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing great, man. Thank you guys very much for having me. It's uh, always a treat to get to talk to you and uh, not have to try to catch up to you in a race. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited about I'm, <laughs> I'm excited about it. <laughs> It's great, Mike. We've both obviously been aware of you for such a long time, so it's nice to get on a call with you. And I know we've kind of bumped into each other in races, but nice to do this properly and maybe dig a bit deeper into uh, your background and what you've been doing. So um, before we maybe talk about the recent stuff you've been up to and how you've managed this whole lockdown situation, it'd be good to go back to where this all started for you. Um, I think we first met probably 2014, 2015, maybe just before UTMB. We were doing a photo shoot up on the TMB trail at Flagere in Chamonix. Uh, you probably didn't know anything about me, but back then you were pretty well known already for your race results and the amount and variety of racing you were doing. Um, so I think I read that you first started getting hooked on running through 
training for the Boston Marathon. But when did running really become the thing that allows you to express who you are, Mike? Uh, yeah, that's right. It was, um, yeah, the Boston Marathon that kind of got me uh, into the sport. And then um, the experience running Boston after having qualified at the Marine Corps Marathon um, kind of catalyzed that interest and uh, galvanized it and allowed me to um, continue to like down the path of endurance and um and and then just a wanderlust and a, a sense of adventure further you know kind of added fuel to the fire and um i'd say pretty quickly like within the first year i wanted to try to do as many races as i could <clears throat> and yeah. you know some of the bigger races like the i did the boston marathon and then the new york city marathon uh, the Marine Corps marathon again and the Chicago marathon. And then that was all in a matter of like four or five weeks. And then, uh, <laughs> I, I heard about the JFK 50 miler and, uh, and, and, yeah. and quickly, you know, went to the 50 mile distance or the, you know, 80 kilometer for the people that are metric, um, in your audience. And, yeah. um, and, and it was really kind of interested in, you know, when fr someone first told me that you could run that far, I just didn't believe them. You know, the furthest I thought people ran was like a marathon. So to know that people yeah. could run further just kind of blew my mind and I was in disbelief. And then, um, you know, so of course, like then I wanted to try it for myself to see, like, if someone can do it, then, you know, why can't you and, or why can't I? And um yeah and that's kind of what i think that was, i think that was the same as me mike yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I first heard of like a 50 miler and I, I couldn't believe there was a whole world out there of people doing that because it was it just wasn't really talked about yeah and um, so it was kind of astonishing to, to realize that people were doing that and there was a whole community around it as well yeah and it's a pretty awesome community too like uh the marathon like i think runners in general are just a great like uh, we were actually having a conversation last night at dinner with some friends about this and um it was it, it, it's so welcoming and just like everyone's really positive for the most part like it's just such a cool yeah. thing and once you step into it and kind of embrace it and it takes a little while for you to feel like because the beginning you kind of feel like an interloper um you kind of don't feel or at least i did i, I was like well i'm still a lacrosse player yeah. i'm not really a runner i'm just doing this you know to see if i can and um but then once you embrace it it's just so welcoming and encouraging and um and and it's it's a real thing that brings people together you know in a time where there's so much di derision and diversion and you know segmentation in the world like this is something like everyone understands what it feels like to run everyone um yeah everyone knows how hard it is <laughs> like especially you know as you get you get into it like you you just appreciate you know what what a level of effort there is and it's really cool too because it's a sport where there's um it, there there's no uh, benefit to where you come from what your background is um you know it's you either put the time and effort in and you get the results or you don't and you can be you know just um wherever you are in the world and do it like there's not there's not a there's not many limitations to you know access either and i think that's what's so cool about it yeah 
Yeah, there's kind of no class divide, is there? You don't need to have money to, to run. You just need a pair of shoes and, and a passion for it, I guess. Yeah. Um, it feels to me like it's a real expression of who you are, though. You're running. You you express yourself through your running and <laughs> the challenges that you set yourself all the time, um, which is really incredible to see, I think. And it's, it's kind of rare. Um, I think people do it and they get passionate about it. But um, for you, like anybody who knows who you are, it's it's all about the running and it's you expressing yourself when you're doing these events, um, which is which is pretty incredible to see so we've obviously shared a few race start lines over the years and a few sponsors too mm-hmm. um i remember running with you for a while in doha in a very different race format <laughs> from what maybe i i do normally i think it was the world 100k champs and if i remember right it was around a 5k loop maybe 2014 or something um and that's a race it's not obviously about adventure at all it's like the 24-hour track races that james loves so much and you could argue in some way that it's it's a more pure form of racing ultimately because it's all about pace and it's all about managing your mind and your body. It's not about you know climbing well or your ability to descend and there are arguably fewer distractions. So what what is it about those kind of race formats that keeps you going back for more? Uh, well, the, I mean, when if you're speaking about the the race in Doha, I mean, I think we were both racing for our country and um, yeah, yeah, I mean, anytime. Yeah, um, getting kind of misty-eyed now, but I mean, anytime you get the the <laughs> opportunity to, you know, don your national, uh, you know, kit and and mix it up with the best people in the world, like sign me up. I mean, that's um, you know, and I don't really care what the race is um, if I'm qualified and you know I'm one of the best people in the country that can you know, go out there and, and try to, you know, bring home some hardware for the U S then, you know, I want to be a part of that. And, um, you know, that, you know, racing in Doha, even, you know, I think they try to put it in November when there's supposedly some winds and it's not as hot, like, uh, it it was, it was a challenge and, uh, carnage, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty brutal. (laughs) And like, I had just raced, I think the 50 K like a couple of weeks for that and been flying back and forth right. and yeah. um you yeah. know i didn't have the race i wanted to but um you know the the team did pretty well i think max might have actually won the race and um he did yeah that, so right. like um you know it was you know that's it's it's pretty cool to like um i think one of the best things about a race like that is the chance to like hang out with you guys and like the other teams like i think i i've got so many pieces of kit from all over the world just from trading it with people and like hanging out and just, you know, everyone has such a respect for everyone else. And it's a chance to kind of share that community and the bond through running and, you know, whatever happens in the race happens, but, um, but yeah, the chance to be there and and share that is, is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's funny. It's such a solo sport, isn't it? But there's there's definitely something about that team element and James, you, you feel the same and you've been on GB Fest for 24 hour races and stuff as well eh? yeah I mean I've, I've raced with a, a few of your compatriots Michael the last couple of world championships and, and I've always thought you should be there or I, I would love to see you in the 24 um, particularly after what you did at last one standing this year so um, maybe maybe get yourself qualified for Romania next year and we'll, we'll meet up for a coffee um, I, but yeah it's, it's an incredible experience man yeah for sure man and that's so funny because uh yeah i was racing a lot of the guys on our uh usa team and uh they were like as soon as like halfway through the race i was getting texts like uh 
I was still not even done with the race. And they're like, we want you to come out and try to make the team. And like, <laughs> uh, like why, why haven't you done this before? And, and then I actually just did another last man standing last night, or uh, I guess two nights ago. And uh, it was kind of an interesting one where you, it's last man standing, but every half hour you have to check in, but every hour it drops a minute. So by the end we were running like 540 pace at like oh. 80 miles in. Yeah. So yeah, it oh. was, it was full on, but I was thinking like, Oh, that would actually be, you know, really good training for a 24 hour. And I feel like I've done a couple 24 hours and they've never really gone the way I wanted, but, um, I think I've done a lot better with like my nutrition and I've just kind of evolved as an athlete. So I'd like to give it a, you know, a go. And, um, a lot of those guys reached out to me. I actually need to look and see what the, I'm part of the U S uh, mountain ultra and trail committee. So I should like have, you know, what the qualifiers are and everything like right on top of mine, but, um, I don't, so I, I need to look I and see, probably, see where you, I need to qualify. I think you're probably looking at one, one, five, four, one, five, five miles. I think would be good for you guys. I think that's well within your capability. Out yeah. There. Um, and yeah, yeah. I think you get out to Jamil's race in December. That'd be your qualifier. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, Just it's, planting that seed, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's uh, he's been trying to get me to come out there for a while, and it's just never worked. But I mean, my big goal this year was to kind of run across the country, and that kind of got shelved. And so uh, I am definitely looking for an adventure. And anytime I get to represent the U.S., like I'll, I would jump at it. So if I can, you know, do it and not screw up too bad, maybe I can make the team or at least, um, you know, be considered for it. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Listen, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to maybe ask both of you a, a question. You've, you guys have done so many races that are the same races: UTMB, Western States. You mentioned the hundred k in Doha there, Paul. Um, you've both also been to Frozen Head and Barclays, and hundred k on five k loops. Barclays, I mean, what, what's the, um, what, what's the similarities there? But in terms of the races you guys have done, there are lots of similarities, but yet. I know Paul obviously really well, and Mike have followed your career closely since I started ultra running back in 2012. Um, I see you as very different athletes, though. But you've done a lot of the same races. Mike, you race a lot. Paul, you do some small races and get really focused. I guess I'm interested to hear from you both of you. But w what is it that gives you the drive and hunger to keep pushing yourself? Maybe Mike, if we start with you. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually curious to see what Paul says, because um, it does seem like we go about it in maybe different ways. Um, yeah, I'm kind of um, dr driven to, um, I think one of the, the things I'm lucky to be able to do is like, I, I have a ability to, um, you know, race, race quite a bit, but also like, um, you know, quickly, you know, Doha didn't go the way I wanted. And I was probably racing the next weekend, you know, and just didn't really, you know, it, it is what it is. And, you know, if, if I do really well, like, that's cool too, but I'm, I'm able to quickly move on to the next thing. And, um, and I think that's <laughs> one of my sponsors said, that's a real gift for you. You don't really, you don't really dwell on things, you know, good or bad. And I, I, I was like, oh, I, I guess so. I never really thought of it that way, but I'm always, <clears throat> looking for the next adventure and the, the next thing that I can do. And for me, I like to challenge myself and I like to do it, you know, pretty regularly. Um, and so I think for me, that's what drives me is the chance to like mix it up and compete because I always feel like um, I get more out of myself when I'm 
pushing myself against someone else than if I was just, you know, training by myself. Um, although it's been really interesting, and I know we're going to talk to this uh, point in a little bit is, you know, how the virtual uh, races, like I've gotten into that in the, <clears throat> actually maybe a couple of three years ago or so. And um, it's been interesting, like in this time where people have been unable to, you know, compete in person, yeah. how you can, you know, virtually still get your, like for me, it's like a little, you know, kick of endorphins, like, you know, racing somebody, um, even if it's not live, you know, you're still, you know, hammering and then, you know, checking in or, um, like I've even worked with this one app where you, everyone uses the same app and you race live together. It's called like charge running, but it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. Like, um, that you can be anywhere in the world now and still be connected. But for me, it's that sense of, I don't know, ever since like we were talking about it earlier, that first Boston marathon where like, I swear, I thought everyone was cheering for me and it was just like, I mean, they totally were cheering for everyone, but like, I love that feeling of uh, being out there. And like the other thing about uh, racing is like, there's no hiding, you know, and training sometimes you can, you know, just be like, oh, you know, it's not my day, but when you're racing, you either have to rise to the occasion or you, or you don't. And, and, and I like that aspect of it. Cause when you tow the line, even if you race the day before, like no one else cares and they shouldn't. I mean, you're there and, and you're putting yourself out there and, and you either step up or you don't. I love that kind of yeah, absolutely. fearless I... attitude you've got, Mike, and maybe 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 I struggle a bit more with that. Maybe I get stuck in kind of race formats that I I want to improve all the time. I definitely get caught in the stories of races, right? So like there's one <laughs> there's there's one race here that like really connected with me. Um the West Island Way, which you've probably heard of, Mike. I'm sure you've been invited at points. Um like I really bought uh, into I have the not story. been invited, but I, I really want to go to that race. Yes. The West oh, you Island do? Way. You should. Like yeah, the yeah. one that like Jazz Jazz has done. Yes, right. Yeah, he, yeah. I think he used to have the course record, but you he you did, have it yeah. now? You might have it now. It's gone now again. Uh, I did it for two years and <laughs> and got course records, but somebody else took it a, a few years ago or something. Um, so oh, yeah, cool. yeah, you should definitely come over and do that sometime. People would love to see you there. It'd be awesome. Um, but I I I kind of get into the story and um the passion about a race, and then if I do a race and I, I know I could maybe get more out of myself, I I get caught up in that, and I want to go back and I want to do better in races, and that's maybe why I've done fewer races in terms of variety than you have um and maybe i need to think more about that because you can get a wee bit stagnant that way and i love that you're kind of fearless and that you'll go and if the race doesn't go to plan then you're not getting upset about it you're not it's not that the right off of your whole season you're just getting on with the next race then and and continue to push yourself which is really great i think uh yeah i mean i it's i mean it, there is definitely a sense of like oh man i really messed that up or you know that you know i didn't I didn't do as much as I could or, you know, and, and I think everyone has those, you know, doubts and, um, and that's good. I think, I think like, you know, if it doesn't go to plan, well, try to figure out what went wrong and, and then try to fix it for the next time. But I also yeah. think like, and I think you do this too, is like, I don't, and I feel like maybe you've focused more on trail lately, but you, you also are not afraid to like, you know, run fast, like, um, fast. Yeah marathon or half marathon or like 5k like i just got back like 10 minutes ago from doing a 5k i'm in this like i don't know if you guys know the ncaa bracket but it starts with like 64 teams and then each 
week it like gets cut down in half yeah. and i just went from the elite eight to the final four but i'm about to get my <laughs> butt kicked by the next the next guy <laughs> so 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 yeah I, I won i won but uh next week i gotta go like sub 15 20 for 5k and i just i just don't know if i have that in me oh wow so you've gone from doing an 80k last one standing with decreasing time to a rapid 5k yeah um, well 127k actually <laughs> oh my god james don't sell him that, short that, and, and you know something <laughs> I, i'm sorry about that and it's funny though mike because we, I mentioned earlier about how when I first got an ultra running, um, your name kept popping up. It was like every week there was a, a result, there was something you were doing, and it was that that variety. Um, and I guess my impression of you is is two two things. My impression of you has always been two things. One, you always sound like you're in love with what you do, and I, I really really admire that. Um, and it's coming across today as well. But also. It's like you never sit down. It's like you're like a, um, we use a phrase in the UK called a Duracell bunny, which was an <laughs> advert for um, batteries back in the day. But it's like you're always going. You're always going. Um, <clears throat> and um, it kind of it got me thinking about what's what goes on in your mind when you're racing. So, you know, you, you've just done that 127k last one standing um, and then you're on to this 5k. Are you even part way through events that you're running within? Are you already thinking on to the next race? Do you ever stop to look back and think, look what I've just achieved? Or do you, do you spend any time taking it in or are you just, I'm on to the next event? Um. Yeah, I mean, for the, like, I've definitely, I think earlier, like sometimes I actually, and I've I've adjusted this, when I, when I first started doing like a lot of events back to back, I would try to make excuses for myself if I wasn't having the day that I wanted. I'd be like, oh, I got to race tomorrow. And I'd try to like, you know, and I'd just be like, it was just lame. Like, and then I just realized like, dude, that's on you, not on, you know, anyone else. And so, you know, you, you chose to be here and you chose to want to do this. You got to, you got to step up or, or not. And I think that's, what's cool about um, running is like, you, you really, get a feel for who you are like there's no hiding um and and it's cool because at different points in the race there's going to be uh times when it gets hard and um and we all tell ourselves stories or at least i do like ah, i'm you know this type of runner or you know i'm yeah. tough or whatever yeah. and then and then when it gets tough like you have a choice to make and you know sometimes you can't be the person that you um you think you are um but a lot of times you can and so i think running gives you that opportunity but to your question like um yeah i mean i was I've been in the in this uh in this tournament that i'm or race you know and i needed to step up but man this morning when i woke up i was not excited <laughs> about doing it and like I, i'm about to make a social media post about it because like like I was just dragging, I did my, you know, weight and strength and conditioning workout first and was so wiped out after that. I was like passed out for like an hour and then I had work and then I only had like, you know, an hour to get it done. And I was like, it's hot. And I was just like, I, yeah, I forgot to tie my shoe. It was just like all <laughs> kinds of stuff, but I still, still did it, you know? And, and halfway through, I was like, this is why you sign up for stuff. Cause this is what you love. And like, I found that love for it. And so like, I feel like a lot of times like it's, you know, and I think Desi Linden said this well, but it's probably been said by somebody else, but she's the one I remember is like, 
just keep showing up. Good things will happen, you know? And yeah, I feel like that's true about a lot of things in life. Like if you just keep showing up and, and running is especially true like that. If you're consistent and dedicated, like you're going to get better. Like that's what's so cool about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, we, I we, we coach a lot of athletes, Mike, and it's difficult to to get that through to people sometimes that it's all about consistency. It is about turning up, you know, week after week and month after month and things things don't happen overnight, you know. And uh, <laughs> I, I guess that's the culture these days that we expect things to happen relatively quickly. You know, we get passionate about something and we want to be better and, and we expect that's going to be easy, but it's not. It's about putting in the time and the effort and turning up, like you said. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And and um, just what, what you were talking about, Mike, there is this ultimately we make the choice to do what we're doing and if you're not enjoying it we'll stop making that choice and find something you love is a bit of advice you, you hear it a lot it's like oh i don't really enjoy training i'm like that's the best bit of running for me i love racing but the best bit's getting out there and just having time away and we've got similar paul will talk about it later but we've got similar family lives you know we're busy with work busy with family but we mm -hmm. still put the time in you yeah. mentioned sponsorship earlier mike oh sorry mate you were you were going to say something yeah yeah i was just agreeing with you i was like amen keep going <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so mike you mentioned sponsorship earlier um and another thing i, I see from afar um is is honestly I, I, I seen you one time with a i think it was a hoka vest but you had a variety of other sponsors on it and i thought i was watching like talladega nights or something you know the like a nascar racer it was it was cool as um in terms of sponsorship um a lot of, uh, we, we paul mentioned we coach a lot of people and you, a lot of people who start to make waves in the sport think that that's a name and it's something that's really important and and i, I guess it is for some in terms of um you know for status and stuff but do you for you do you find it helps you push your performance and how do you handle the expectation that comes with that does that help you or hinder you uh with the sponsorship like as far yeah. as like I mean, it definitely helps. I mean, it's it's incredible to have um, companies that are invested in you and, and give you the resources to be able to train and compete at the highest level. I mean, that's what's awesome. Like, I know that you said at the top of the show, like, this is uh, supported by Comprasport. Like, they've been big supporters of me and allowed me to, you know, travel and compete. And, um, and you said, like, Hoka. Like, it's funny. Like, the, the Hoka vest has been a little bit more uh, refined. Um, you know, at, since, since before, but I, I definitely think like, it's super important. Like, uh, whenever you enter a relationship with a brand, like you, I, I obviously want to do the best I can for the brand and get them as much exposure as possible. And, um, and hopefully represent them at the, at the highest levels and, and also like get the word out there about their products. Cause I only want to partner with people that I believe in what they're doing and, and their products. Like I'm not, somebody that's like oh you know you know wear this thing because you know they yeah. gave me five thousand bucks or ten thousand bucks like mm. i mean it's 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 cool um that people want to still be involved with what i'm doing but you know it's it's more about like that i believe in the products and i think that they're going to help people um and really that's that's what i've been trying to do the entire time and it's it's been cool because like once i enter a relationship with a sponsor it's usually a long-term type thing um so you know a lot of times like i don't know if your audience knows but most of the time like a contract's like two years um and you know that's because 
you know, the athletes, you never know how it's going to go with them. And, and the yeah. company, you know, also does, you know, doesn't know. So that's a pretty standard contract, but you know, a lot of my contracts are a bit longer than that. And, um, and then they're usually, you know, up, you know, re-upped or, you know, they take the option to renew. And, and that's, I think really been something that I was, you know, shocked about when I first got into the sport, like I was, you know, so, so new, like one of my first sponsors when I started, you know, making a little waves locally was goo. And, you know, I'm still like a goo athlete uh, yeah. all these years later. And so it's, it's, it's pretty cool when you have those kind of relationships and, you know, you're, you're able to kind of nurture them. And, and it's, it's also, I mean, I don't know how many people on your podcast are at a, at a high level or, um, I know you guys are, but like the people listening and it's, it's, it's really, there's so many different levels and a lot of it, you know, is, is luck too, you know, being in the right place at the right time. And, um, and also like having the, you know, the right connection with whoever. And it's like so many things in life, it's, you know, it's where, where you're able to gain a little foothold and, and, and then, you know, kind of taking that and that little nugget and, and try to grow it into something. And, you know, like you were saying, like, I, I think it's funny, like Talladega Nights is like one of my favorite movies where he's like, <laughs> these fig Newtons, while dangerous and inconvenient, I sure do love them, you know, and he can't even see out of the, the windshield. But like, I, I feel like we should all be able to have as many sponsors as we want. I love the like, NASCAR model. And I don't know how much you know about NASCAR, but sometimes the sponsors are only a sponsor for like just one race, you know? And so it's kind of interesting. So they just switch them in and out. And, um, but you know, it's such an expensive sport. Like, you know, you kind of need all that, you know, support to be able to do it. And, um, what we do is, you know, also quite expensive. And I'd say for the time, you know, we should, we should, you know, be, be able to, you know, feed our family and, you know, be able to, get around the world and and do all these things and so i'm i'm really fortunate that you know i've had some good relationships and you know i hope i continue to add value to the companies i partner with yeah it certainly feels that way yeah, and i think I mean, you're sure. right everything that you said there it's about having these authentic relationships isn't it is i think it's quite transparent when you see people that are just posting stuff because they've been given a check or they've been given a bunch of free stuff, you know, and um, if you actually right. be- believe in the product, which kind of worked really well with me for CompuSport because I was already using the products in races. Um, so you, it helps when you believe in what they're doing and uh, you can move forward in the same direction. Yeah, I mean, I think that's cool too. But I mean, what's interesting too is like just to see how many of the high level people use the um, the compression. Because at first, I like I'd used compression socks for a long time uh like even like back in like 2000 or 2004 there used to be like this company called oxysock and like i used them then because there was a guy named brian sell who was like a badass like olympic marathon runner and he eventually went to the olympics but i remember he just smoked us and he had these like long compression socks <laughs> and it what is so crazy is like the technology like compressors are so much better than those like I mean, it's not even that long ago, but it's yeah. just like, they're so much more comfortable. They like work so well. And like one of the best things about them is like, especially if you're bushwhacking through like, I don't know, brambles and all that, like, like, which I did a couple of weeks ago when I ran all the boundary stones in Washington, DC, like this really cool FKT is like, 
my buddy went with me to try to find this stone and he didn't have anything on he came back with like gashes all over his legs <laughs> and i like looked down and i was like oh i'm good i only have like seven ticks on me but like, besides <laughs> that i'm good it's maybe just your speed mate you were just cruising right through they didn't get a chance to to catch your legs <laughs> as you passed on through yeah i don't know maybe um, we we talked briefly about family then, and um, as James had said, we coach a lot of athletes who are, or, or who would argue that they're quite time poor, and they maybe think that it's easy for people like us to train and stuff. But you've obviously got family, you've got a job, and you still find the time to peak for races. Um, a lot like James in that way, and, and maybe James will talk on this as well. But have you any advice for listeners then who have this kind of fixed mindset that the can't find the time or the energy to continue to challenge themselves because there are great examples about of people doing it and and making the time yeah exactly i think that you actually touched on it which was what, what i was gonna say was yeah i mean if you want to do something you got to make the time and it's um it's not easy i mean and especially like when and i don't know the ages of the children or the family like dynamics but you know it's it's tough when the kids are little you know and they need attention or constantly being held um but you know there's ways you can do it like i ran for like three or four years with a jog stroller and um and you know kind of incorporated the kids into my training and then when we had our second son uh, Grant, we bought a treadmill and, you know, I invested in myself in that way and, yeah. um, was able to, you know, bring them down and, you know, wake up at like, I don't know about you, but most people don't need you at four o'clock in the morning, you know, wherever you are in the world, like that's a pretty easy time from four to six is two hours. And if you get in solid training, um, in that way, and, and then also like just looking at your schedule and looking at ways you can be efficient with your time, like. I used to commute downtown to Washington, D.C., and it was about 10K each way. And so I just decided, like, I'm going to start running and biking that. And and so I just did run commuting. And there's ways where you can find time in your schedule. And um, and you really just have to make the time if you want to do it. And what you got to do, or at least what I needed to do, was find a big enough why. Like, why do I want to you know, wake mm. up at four o'clock mm. in the morning? Like, it's much nicer to just sleep with your yeah. your partner. but uh or you know even by yourself or with your dog or whatever but uh if you have a big enough why you'll find the time or make the time you're 100 percent right there mike um, i always use a phrase we where people who are wrestling with that question is is if if you if you something you want to do enough you'll find a way to make it happen like very similar story my, my kids are eight and 12 actually the oldest is 13 later this week wow. um, what, what age are your kids congratulations mean? uh 13 and 11 okay. Almost fourteen. He'll yeah, be fourteen so, in July. So you you'll be having some of the same fun we're having. We, you know, I'm 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 only a couple of weeks away from having to have the conversation about how to shave his mustache, but he doesn't <laughs> listen to the podcast, so it's okay. <laughs> um, but um, a similar story to you. Like Friday morning, I'm up at four a.m. to do thirty to forty mile run. I'm back in the house in time for a nine a.m. meeting with people at work, you know, and then I'll jump in a shower, all that. You find a way if you really, really, really want to. Um, in my view and that why becomes, I think, becomes super important. And I think people have to own that, right? We can help guide them with it. They can listen to podcasts like this, hear stories, but ultimately the flame that sparks that why comes from within. 
It's yeah. yeah, it's so true. And yeah, it's funny. My son is a little wispy mustache too. Um, but it's weird. We were just talking about it last night and it's like some days it looks like, like it needs trimmed. And then other days are like, Oh, it looks kind of cute. Like so it's, <laughs> it, it, it's pretty funny. <laughs> But and, like, and Mike, has his voice, but is his voice broken yet? Oh yeah, totally. That, that, actually, that is funny. Oh, it's so funny, man. So this is a funny, quick story. But like, uh, so he plays online video games. I don't know if your kids do either, but like, so yeah, like yeah. they're super into it. He was playing with his cousin, who's like my younger son's age, and his mom came in. So my my um, sister in law, and she's like, "What grown man are you playing with?" And he's like, "It's Pierce." Like. <laughs> It's not. It's not a grown man. It's Pierce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sounds very much like my house um, just now. Um, okay, but back to the running. Like, yeah, yeah. You've run millions and millions of events, right? Um, uh, you could list trail, road, treadmill, ice. The Ant- was it the Arctic Circle or the Antarctica? I can't remember what one you're running. And I think you've even run up skyscrapers as well, right? Um, so I guess you've got a lot, a lot of experience of running, and it's very different to your kind of classic road runner here. And one one thing I thought would it'd be nice to hear from, maybe a story maybe you haven't shared in the past before, but a lot of people talk about races and they, they immediately move to the result. Is there ever a race that's changed something in you that you could point to and you go, "That was a race where something changed for me." Oh yeah, for sure. Like, um, I did a race in the Himalaya called the Himalayan hundred mile stage race. Um, and it was, it was going really well. Like I was winning the race and it was, I think day three and I was done with the, it was a stage race. So, you know, you run 20 miles one day, I don't know, a marathon the other day and whatever, whatever. Um, and I, I just realized like, Hey, I was, doing really well i was winning and and i decided i was like standing over this bluff overlooking the himalayan mountain chain and i can see like mount everest and you know someday like i want to climb mount everest but like this was different i was just thinking like um you know i've i'm i'm doing really well in this like i could keep doing this um but i wanted to try to qualify for the Olympic trials in the men's marathon. And I was scared. I was scared to, um, to, to actually publicly say that. And I don't know how many people Hmm. in your audience, like have a goal like that, where they're, they really want to do something, but like they're doubting themselves or uh, they're not sure they're capable of it. And, you know, before that, I think my fastest marathon was like, 232 or something and i had to drop like 10 minutes which in a marathon when you get to the you know kind of the sharp edge of it like that's kind of a big deal and um and you know of course you have people that are telling you like there's no way you can you can drop that much time and um and i just decided right then i said like hey i'm i i was just talking to myself but i was just like i'm gonna i'm gonna really make a go for this and do whatever i need to do to try to make that time and of course, like it didn't happen, um, you know, even until like two years later, like I qualified in 2003 and I ran, I think I had to run sub two hours and 22 minutes and I ran two hours and 21 minutes and I don't know, like 30 seconds or something like (laughs) barely squeezed in and made it. Um, but I did. And, and like, that was uh, a super powerful day. Like, but just on like, 
you know, have one of those seminal moments uh, where you're just like, I'm going to, I'm going to like put my fear aside and just see what happens. Like the worst case is you don't make it right. But like, yeah. um, I feel like so many times in life, people, you know, you decide you, you don't try because you're afraid of what the result's going to be. Um, and you limit what you're capable of. Um, and so, yeah, oh, so yeah. that, I don't know, that happened in a race, but it wasn't, you know, a result thing, but it, it led to a but good that, result. Yeah, that experience almost, you know, was a catalyst for you, I don't know, lifting that level of determination and boldness. And we talk a lot to people about trying to be a bit bolder, and that could be going from 35 minutes to 30 minutes in a 5K. It's all relative to you as an individual, but what you're talking about, Mike, there is, I guess, is if you have enough passion and boldness, then you can achieve things that you probably are self-limiting just now by having that closed mindset that we were talking about earlier. And actually, it's much better to aim high and just miss than to aim low and, and, and win easy, I guess, is, is one of my mantras and something my, my dad hammered into me when I was younger. And I, I would much rather do that. I'd much rather finish a minute outside the Olympic qualifying target um, having tried than have a PB that's five minutes below it but never really put myself at risk of losing. Does right. that make sense? No, totally. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. And actually, in, in at one point in my career, I was like, self sabotage, like I would like, you know, just like I it was actually before a 24 hour race, like, because I was scared. Uh, and I just ate like, a stupid, like, thing right before the race. Um, because I was like, oh, I don't know. And yeah, it was just dumb. So like, yeah, just try not to let your try to get out of your own way sometimes and, and, and chase what you want to do. Um, because yeah, there, there's no one that's going to limit you more than yourself. And, and, and then also like, I feel like you guys might get this too. It's like, there's a lot of people that, uh, well wishing, um, they, they want you to succeed, but they're also afraid for you. Like yeah. I remember how scared my parents were like when I went to my first marathon, um, you know, and, they and I was terrified too, but like they were, they were like, "We'll be there," you know, whatever you need. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> they, you know, they didn't mean to. They just don't know, right? And and a lot of people don't have experience with what we do, and so it's it's cool when you you find the community of people, and they're like, "Oh yeah, your toenails falling off, it'll be fine," you know, yeah, keep going. Yeah, like yeah. um and. Like that's, that's, you know, and you know, Paul, you've done like, you know, Western States and UTMB and like, they see people come in that like most people in real life would see those people and be like, you need to go to the hospital and they'll be yeah. like, here, have a swig of Coke and like, <laughs> exactly, you know, yeah. let me fix your compression <laughs> sleeve and then you yeah. can go, you know? <laughs> yeah. Have a cheesy biscuit and keep absolutely moving. Absolutely no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But there is absolutely no ailment a swig of coke and a salty biscuit can't fix. <laughs> absolutely none. It is. It's a good point, though. Like, Mike, I don't know if you've ever hung about after UTMB's finished and there's still people coming in at whatever it is, 40 hours or something. You see them coming down that high street in Chamonix and it's like, it is the walking dead. But it's like, it's, yeah. it's really inspiring to see these people. You know, they've been through the wars. They're covered in mud and blood and everything else. And uh, it's pretty inspiring to see some of that. And they've chosen to do that oh, and dude, put themselves it, in that position. Yeah, it's so awesome. It's so awesome. Those people are so just badass too. Yeah. And like, that's what I think is so funny because it's like this really cool um, thing where like those people like look up to what like you do and like what some of the other top people do. But like, 
I think the the people we have like such mutual respect. You're like, man, I just don't know if I could be out there for 40 yeah. hours. Like you exactly, were just yeah. so uh -huh. badass. Like uh -huh. you were just like on a whole nother level. And they're like, ah, I just don't think I could run that fast. And it's just this awesome thing that feeds each other. And we all like want to see people have success. And like, it's just, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's something about, um, you know, coming, coming off the mountain and, and coming into town or, you know, coming onto the track at Western States or, um, you know, at any finish line, there's, there's something to be said for, um, you know, just having that in your sight and, and getting across it and just celebrating with your, your peers. Yeah, there's something quite raw about it, though, isn't it? It's like everything at the start's all been stripped away, you know, this nice kind of glossy yep. front that people put on and confidence and I'm going to do this and I'm going to look like this and I'm going to be great. It's going to be a fantastic race. <laughs> at the end, it's, that's all stripped away and it, you actually see real humans at the end, don't you? <laughs> yeah, well, for some Chaffing of us, there's, there's some guys, like, I swear, like, I, they haven't gotten a proper beat down yet. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it's that's what's so, like, that just means that they've done the work you know and that's what's so cool about it like you see the the people that are just cruising in and you're just <laughs> yeah. like man you guys are just so hardcore like i know how much work that was and yeah you look like you just you just started yeah it's been a lot of work in training that uh, and speaking of training then obviously um we've been in this lockdown situation and it's probably been slightly different for you than it has for people in the UK or people in France and everything else. But I guess it's been a time that none of us could ever really have imagined this complete shutdown, no travel, and we're all been kind of generally limited in terms of race options and how and where you can train. So we've talked at length in the last series uh, about being adaptable to change and how to remain optimistic um, maybe just rethinking your plans for the year and creating something for yourself that's challenging uh, for you alone maybe and not necessarily for race medals so as always you haven't sat back you haven't just gone into hibernation waiting for races to return like lots of other people have you always seem to challenge yourself no matter the situation and some of those situations are pretty unexpected uh, like covid um, can you tell us what you've been doing in the last couple of months maybe and perhaps more importantly why you continue to to find these challenges for yourself and push yourself even when things are more difficult to do it's more difficult to race at the moment but you're you're not stopping <laughs> yeah i mean um yeah i mean i i think i'm always um yeah looking for that challenge looking for the, that adventure looking to see what i'm capable of um i have you know done some different things like i haven't been able to work out with my trainer a guy named jesse fuller just because we were you know in close contact um you know kind of hands-on yeah. training so i've you know switched over to doing um some like high intensity like strength stuff like crossfitty type stuff with a with a friend of mine who has like a, a a like a private space that we can use and so that's been really fun to try to get into that a little bit so i've been using this opportunity to kind of chase down some dreams. Like I had a dream to run all the boundary stones of Washington, DC, which was I think a little over a hundred K like a little 60, 65 miles or something. Yeah. Uh, I ran all the state streets in Washington, DC, <laughs> which was really cool. Like there's, that was about 65 miles, also 70 miles. Yeah. Uh, I did a fastest known time on one of the local trails here. 
So like, that's what I, it's been fun. Oh, I tried to do a fastest known time and beat a guy named John Kelly. Who's, you know, he's <laughs> yeah. Barkley oh, and, yeah. 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 And he like, it, well, there was one thing like where the bridge was out. So I didn't really get a chance to go across the bridge, but I was already like a half hour down on his time. Like he was just, he's just tough, man. Like, yeah, yeah, I, tough, was, yeah. I, I, so I missed out on an FKT. So like I've done some, you know, that's what I think is cool is like with the fastest known times, um, you can kind of create your own adventures or things that interest you. Like this weekend coming up on Saturday, I'm going to run to uh, 11 district tacos, which is like a um, <laughs> Chipotle type place and, <laughs> and like have a burrito or I think it's just going to be a taco. Cause I think if I yeah. eat 11 burritos in like 10 hours, I'm going <laughs> to die. Um, I'd, I'd give it a go. But yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. And also, yeah, maybe have to, you know, it's a little hard to go to the bathroom as easy as it used to be. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I'm keeping like that kind of stuff going. And then, you know, I've found this and I think we talked about it a little earlier, some virtual races. So I did like a big one that a lot of people in the running community followed was uh, yeah. the quarantine backyard ultra. So I took advantage of the chance to, um, you know, do a race format that I haven't tried before and that I've always been interested in. I've, um, you know, been doing like virtual 5Ks. Um, yeah, so like all kinds of um, different events. I did a treadmill ch world record attempt last week where like a couple of the other guys, a guy named Tyler Andrews and Max King were, you know, racing against me and I got absolutely destroyed. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was awesome to be a part of. And I think Tyler ran the fastest uh 50k ever run in the world and so like it's cool to just um stay stay active stay part of uh the community and i think that's the biggest thing for me is like i miss that you know like you were saying like you know we've seen each other all over the world i miss seeing you in chamonix or you yeah. know auburn or um squaw valley or you know doha or wherever like um you know this is my tribe and and you know a big part of you know who i am and um you know when we can't be together physically like it's nice to be connected you know mm. virtually or um and so i've been doing zoom calls with like running clubs and blogs and you know i stay really active on social media and and follow what everyone else is doing and yeah so i think i think we can still be connected even if we can't you know physically be together and i think that as far as like training goes like i've trying to keep it super interesting and exciting and like i said like i wasn't super stoked to have to run a super hard 5k today but you know <laughs> 10 minutes in i was like oh man i love this stuff like of course i want to do this yeah that's great <laughs> absolutely it's quite interesting mike you were talking about the quarantine backyard ultra um and and the whole covid situation's created a lot of frustration and restriction but at the same time you had the opportunity to race literally hundreds of the best ultra runners in the world across the world you know whether it be um some of the guys who were um was it Therese Falk I think was running in Norway you Dave Proctor in Canada that, that wouldn't have happened otherwise that must have been pretty cool oh yeah it was super cool and like um and the cool thing about a race like that is um and then for the people in your audience that don't know what a backyard ultra is it's basically you go I think 4.1667 miles or a little like 8.6 kilometers, I think every hour on the hour until 
there's only one person left and uh, that person is only able to go one lap further than the 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 second place which mm -hmm. is called like the assist um and so yeah i just learned all this like you know a couple weeks ago when i did it and anyhow yeah so it's it's pretty cool because you just it doesn't really it doesn't really reward speed it's the first race i've ever done where you, you can't just rely on being fast because yeah, it doesn't matter like basically 4.167 miles is like walking pace um mm. so you're you basically just have to keep going and you don't know when it's going to end you know when it's going to start but like the race could be you know 24 hours it could be 48 hours it could be uh 63 hours like when i finished um <laughs> and so you know it's it's one of those things where you just keep showing up and it's funny because i was doing this one i did a quarantine backyard ultra like style race on this past weekend and it was a little different because every hour it cut down by a minute but um a lot of those people were like, oh, we're going to have so much time, you know, <laughs> between the check-ins. And it's funny because you think like, oh, you know, I'm going to run, you know, 40 minutes. I'll have 20 minutes to like yeah. do everything before I have to show up again. But uh, if you've ever done one of these races, it's it's quick how 10 minutes passes by in the blink of an eye, you know. Yeah, and so like back out again. by the time you eat, you, you know, say hi to your family or whoever's crewing you and, and then, you know, get something to drink, you're you're back at the start line again. And um but it's amazing i was saying to uh, my friend that i was training with this morning was like you know at you know four four miles an hour for 24 hours you get 100 miles like running mm. 100 miles is just just a badass thing to be able to do mm. and then to just do that day after day after day and so like it's amazing what you can accomplish with like small things and you know that's i think there's a saying like you know how do you eat an elephant it's like one bite at a time and I feel like that's true of a lot of things. Um, and I, I mean, there's a bit of selfishness about me asking that question because I really, really fancy a go at the format one day. <laughs> um, I'd even considered coming over to um, Dave Proctor's one in Canada, but obviously travel, put the kibosh on that. So keeping the selfish theme on, and let's just make this a conversation between you and I for now. Um, <laughs> Mike, similar stories. You've got the two kids. You've got, I think it's Pearson Grant, 14 and 11, you, you mentioned earlier. You've got a full-time job. You work extremely hard. How much time and effort do you put into the plan and, and logistics of all of this? Or are you quite impulsive? Do you just go for it? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, my wife, we were talking about this last night too. She's like, oh, like someone was like, oh, he must really plan everything out. And my wife's like, mm, not so much. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, I do like, I do have like a general sense of what I want to accomplish. And then I, I used to like, you know, have every weekend planned out. Uh, and then, you know, once you have, uh, a family and other obligations it becomes a little more difficult than to you know make it um so regimented and uh also like i like to really um have some flexibility for when cool things come up like i was saying like i'm gonna run to all the taco places in town for district taco and like um you know i put on a race actually I, in quarantine i put on a race um on earth day with a you know a hummus place in town and called little sesame and so like when <laughs> opportunities like that come or like you know there's uh, a race that it you know i was hoping to be able to do in the falkland islands um you know or the maldives or something like that like when the when those kind of or 
there's a company you guys might know called Ultra X, and they have some stage races around the world. And um, you know, when when those kind of things present themselves, I want to you know take advantage of them. Like I'm hoping this year. I was um, one of the people selected to do the snowman race in Bhutan and uh, help raise awareness for climate change. And so, like, I um, I, I want to have flexibility to do those type of things. And the cool thing about, you know, always kind of having good fitness is, like, I'm not afraid. And like you guys said, you know, if there's, you know, somebody wants me to run a super fast 5K, I'm down to do that. If they wanted me to run for five days in Bhutan, I'm up for that, too. And um you know or run up the eiffel tower or um you know run on a treadmill somewhere so uh i think you know being able to be adaptable and and willing to you know put yourself out there because i think a lot of people get trapped in like i'm only a trail runner or i only run roads or i'm really good at marathons and like i think that it's fun to you know go out there and see what you're capable of even if it isn't you know something that you specialize in I honestly think it would be easier to pick the next set of lottery numbers than predict what you're up to next, Mike. So rather than try and predict it, what 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 is next for you? Um, yeah. So the the next thing I I am gonna do is you know run to all these uh, shops for District Taco, um, which will be next Saturday. Um, so that's I don't know June twentieth, maybe like right before we have Father's Day here. I don't know. Do you guys celebrate that over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so we do. So yeah, be my, good... kid, my kid, my oldest was born on Father's Day, mate. That was my Father's <laughs> Day gift in two thousand and seven. So there you go. Yeah, uh, that works out easy then. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're gonna we're, we're gonna run to all the taco places this weekend, and then um july 2nd 3rd or 4th we're trying to decide because july 4th is our holiday that's when we kind of broke away from you guys sorry about that um we're uh we're gonna do a run the entire length of a state called delaware so it'll be either like 100 or 120 miles depending on what route we do um so that'll be pretty cool and then hopefully i might be doing some stuff for spartan trail they're one of my sponsors and um they're looking at doing some actual live races which will be pretty cool um so maybe do some of their events and then i've got that snowman race in bhutan and i was doing you know kind of the boston marathon the london marathon and and some of those events but i think london is still on but i'm pretty sure it's not going to happen no a big race in the uk called the great north run <clears throat> um fifty-five thousand people running a half marathon which is in september has literally just got cancelled today so oh. i think london's under threat <laughs> yeah, yeah i would so, i would say sorry, that it, sorry to break that news yeah, yeah well it was it was gonna be it's because it's the um abbott world marathon majors like the um, the age group world championships so i qualified for that and i thought it'd be cool to like you know kind of mix it up with like the you know i'm 46 so like with the other you know masters older runners and just kind of see how how i shake out against everyone else and that would have been really awesome yeah but yeah i'm I'm pretty sure it's gonna be tough for them to have that or at least you know, if they do have it, it might be in a limited capacity. Yeah, God knows what will happen there. Um, and Mike, the key thing here is is two things. One, 
what you've said is on the 20th of June, you're going to practice your fueling for a 24 hour race because you're going to eat every few miles and a tackle. So that sounds like perfect training. And you've obviously still to put that 24 hour race into your diary. So I look forward to that as well. Yeah, actually, I got to find one. Actually, if you know of any good ones, let me know. Like, because that would be that would be fun to fit in at some point. And, and that's actually something that, you know, there's not a ton of people so there might be some of those that are actually happening i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure the desert solstice in december will go ahead i think that 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 could be a good target for you Um, yeah right mike we've we've kept you so long and we have only 10 more questions which isn't as bad as it sounds because we call this um our fast twitch questions so just it's an either or answer no explanations required we're just going to give you two choices and you can give us your your preference of the two so you're good to go i'm ready we're going to time you as well, Mike, okay, so man. you can, you can set the first time on this. <laughs> Wait, what's FKT? the time I need to beat? You're going to set, you're going to set you're, the time for everyone. It. Oh, sweet. Okay. I'll go try to go fast. Let me start my, tell me when to start my watch. Right. Three, two, one, go. Pizza or pasta? Pizza. Intervals or hill reps? Intervals. Like philosophy glitching. or psychology? Can't. Oh, philosophy. Uh, comedy or drama? Comedy. Trails or tarmac? Oh, trails. Music or books? Music. Hope or optimism? Optimism. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Western states or UTMB? Oh, uh, Western <laughs> states. Split shorts or long shorts? Split. <laughs> nice one you did it we'll need to amend the time uh-huh. I'll, I'll check out the time once i cut out the cut out the bits there mike and we'll give you a time uh so thanks so much for uh, joining us mike um we'll probably just wrap it up there and let you get back to your day i know how busy you are Um we really appreciate you coming on Um it's been a great conversation for us i hope it wasn't too painful for you it's quite a lot for us to cram in and it feels like we haven't even gone below the surface yet but maybe some other time you'll come back onto the show again and we'll maybe get to dig a bit deeper into some of the darker moments you when you really want to quit sometimes but you find that resolve to push on so thank you so much for uh, joining us mike really appreciate it yeah no worries man it was really a pleasure to be on i think i was a little bit under five seconds but we have yeah we definitely had some technical difficulties with the audio <laughs> competitive to the end yeah, james for the first like I... one or two seconds when you speak you can't hear for some reason yeah that um Okay, we'll we'll make that handicap the same for everyone else then going forward. Yeah, we'll give half yeah, a, half had, a question. Mike, thanks so yeah. much. I I got one one minute five seconds forty four. <laughs> cool, that's brilliant. brilliant. Mike, thanks so much. It's a genuine pleasure to get to chat to you, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was super cool, guys. I appreciate it. It was it was a lot of fun. Uh, I hope we can do it again in person somewhere. Maybe twenty four yeah. hour champ. Well, that was Mike Wardian. What did you think? The guy has so much energy and is always willing to push himself in training and taking on new races and events. So the standout thing for me was this theme around being bold that we keep coming back to on this podcast. But how do we get there? What makes Mike worry less about the results and continue to set big and bold targets for himself? I think it's a lot to do with belief and self-fulfilling prophecies. Mike talked about that moment in the Himalaya, Kaz talked about it in the last episode too. You need to start believing that you can fulfil your own potential. 
That belief leads you to taking the right actions to get you on track towards your goals. The results you achieve then are proportional to the actions that you have taken. And when you achieve, you reinforce the beliefs that you started with originally. So think about that carefully. If you have the belief that you can be good but not exceptional, what kind of actions are you going to take on the back of that? Actions that aren't all that bold. What kind of results will you achieve? Yep, not that exceptional. And you'll keep on taking the same actions and achieving the same results, whilst reinforcing that original belief that you are not that exceptional. So I think focusing on that belief side of the equation is the best place to start. Easier said than done, of course, but what if you at least started to identify and acknowledge the self-limiting beliefs, that negative thought that you have when you get truly excited about an ambitious goal? If you notice it, you can guard against it. Yes, I see where you're coming from, but I can do this. I will do this. You start to do this more regularly and it becomes habit. The actions that you will take get better and on the back of that, your results will too. From there, confidence grows and you can keep on being bold. So work on that belief. No one else can do it for you. Thanks so much for listening. If you would like to hear more, then please subscribe, leave us a comment and share it on social media. Huge thanks to Compre Sport for supporting the series. If you'd like to win one of five pylon buffs, please leave us a comment on your podcast player and we'll pick some winners over the coming weeks. We're trying to connect with as many people as we can so that we can continue to have many more of these conversations on living the ultra life, where we'll talk further about the people, the places, the culture and the training behind our running lives. I'm Paul Giblin. And I'm James Stewart. And you've been listening to the Pylon Ultra Pod. Oh, we can stop there, eh?